Hello and welcome to the Missions Table. My name is Nathan Herod, missionary to the nation of Spain. Pull up a chair and sit down with us and let's talk about missions. Majority of what I've learned about ministry has been sitting at the table. And I want to invite you to sit at the table with us today and let's talk about missions. Hello and welcome to the Missions Table. I'm Nathan Herod, Regional Director for the Region of Europe and so thankful to have each of you here with us today at the missions table. And today's a special day. It's a reunion day because it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a reunion of the band. The original missions table uh, people that came together and created the missions table. We have with us today Brother Josh Tingley, missionary to the nation of Haiti. Brother Sam Zenobia, missionary to the nation of Spain. And Brother Ryan Paul, also missionary to the nation of Spain. And so we are so excited to have this time together. Welcome, guys. It's good to have you back. Praise the Lord. Glad to be here. Great to be here. Great so to be here. We're gonna have to we're gonna be sharing mics here, so we may have a little movement. And we're gonna have a special guest that we are gonna introduce here in just a moment. But before um, we introduce the special guest, we just wanna kinda go around the table and see what's been going on. So, Brother Paul, tell us what's been going on. Where do I even start? <laughs> the, the last time we, that, that I was on, or even my wife were on, we were in Spain, but since then we've been appointed to the nation of Spain, and we have been on the deputation trail, and uh, we have been on deputation for 13 months now. We've been literally to the four corners of the U.S. We've been into Canada, and God has been good. Our, our funds are coming up. And our PIMs are at 78%. And uh, give a shout-out to my good friend, Joel McCoy. He blessed us with our projects, with his church. And, uh, wow, what an adventure. You know, we started off in missions I've talked about in the past episodes, walking by faith. And, you know, we still don't know, but God's plan is really so much has happened. When we got appointed, there was no thought of the Herods being RDs. That wasn't even a thought. We thought we were coming back. Didn't really know where our place was, but <clears throat> since then he's been appointed an RD, and now that changed a lot of things in Spain. Uh, we're going to be carrying a big load, and uh, he's calling on Brother Ken Burgess to do area coordinator. So uh, uh, Ken Burgess is there in the, the mother church there, a uh, very influential church in Madrid, uh, the capital where the national office is, Bible school, so we are going to go and, and support him as administrative pastor and uh, get, getting plugged into Spain. I can feel it getting, getting sooner and sooner. I can feel, the, I can feel that, that our time to return back is soon, and it's, it's in a much bigger responsibility than we thought, but uh, we are just so glad to be uh, part of the kingdom of God. Awesome. I'm going to jump right in here. This is Josh Tingley, and uh, I want to say it is... Good to be back at the missions table. I know it has been quite a while, and in all the traveling that we've been doing, we have met with many of you who are listening and, uh, and gotten nothing but great response and feedback and always asking, when is the next uh, episode coming out? So I want to say thank you to all of those who are listening and downloading. Uh, it's because we're getting so many downloads and so many requests that we uh, are so uh, pumped to keep going with this as much as we can. And uh, I, I'm going to start by uh, reading. This is something we used to do all the time. Before I give an update, I want to read one of our latest um, reviews that was given. And uh, this was actually given by a missionary family. 
And it says, we love the, the missions table. As a missionary family, we love gleaning from our peers and elders uh, as they sit around the table. Even though we've been involved with missions for a few years now, we still uh, feel like we can learn a lot from these conversations. Thank you so much for this, the McBrides. And uh, we love them and we love y'all. Thank you for leaving us a review. Uh, lots of lot has happened because it has been so long since our last podcast and uh, lots of changes. One major change for my family, because uh, I believe we were uh, already appointed to Haiti on our last podcast. We'd already talked about that. So one of the biggest changes that's happened for my family is we are now a family of five. Uh, we went from four to five in January and had our newest addition to the family. His name is Fletcher, and uh, he is just a few months old now. And uh, so he has kind of shaken up our world a little bit, uh, rightly so. And so we are, uh, we are going through all of those new stages when you think you're done uh, and you're out of diapers and everybody, uh, we're right back into it. But we've been traveling on deputation and we ourselves just crossed over the 50% mark and on our, on our partners. And so we're super thankful for that. Super excited. Uh, we've been all over the U.S., mostly on the uh, kind of Midwest to East side of the U.S., uh, but we've been super thankful for all of the pastors that we've got to meet, how gracious they have been, how many opportunities they've given us to come and share our burden for Haiti. Uh, our projects have been amazing. Uh, the pastors who have bought into the vision of our projects that we have, um, and uh, so we're super, super excited about that, super thankful uh, for all of the opportunities and looking forward to getting that next 50% uh, over the year. And uh, so that's where we've been at. It's amazing, Brother Tingley, and it's uh, good to hear that, good to hear those great reports, and I just want to let all the pastors that would be listening, you have a great opportunity over the next few months to have one of these three ministers come to your church. I would encourage you to go to globalmissions.com, look at the deputation schedule. If you can have uh, Brother Ryan Paul, Brother Sam Zenobia, Brother Josh Tingley, all of them mightily used of the Lord, God uses them. They have, all three have unique ministries, very powerful ministries, all three faith ministries that God uses them to see people receive the Holy Ghost, to see mighty miracles. And uh, you, you want to have these. And so I'm not just, I am a little biased because they have all served in Spain. Um, but I do want to encourage you to reach out to your missions director and see if you can have one of these three for a deputation service. And uh, Brother uh, Sam, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what's going on as well with you and Sister Zenobia. Sure. Um, we are also uh, newly appointed missionaries to the nation of Spain, and uh, we are not as far and long in the process as uh, Brother Paul or Brother Tingley, we have just gotten a month of deputation under our belt, and we were appointed in February, and um, we will be going to the southern part of Spain and Andalusia. Currently, there's not a, a missionary in that district in the whole southern part of Spain, and so we will be basing out of the city of Seville um, or Sevilla and uh, looking forward to what God is going to do there. Um, I do want to thank just in the month that uh, we have been on the deputation trail, um, the pastors for their kindness again in their support and in the projects, and I just thank God for all He has is doing around our fellowship. I'm just in general thankful for the fellowship of the United Pentecostal Church, how they bless their ministries, and how God blesses us. Amen. 
And today we're so thankful we have a special guest in-house, and uh, we're thankful that Brother Terry Schock is with us, and we're thankful for him as a uh, minister, has ministered for the last 40 years, uh, a proven ministry. He is a leader of Kingdom Quest Ministries, Ministries, and they focus on equipping kingdom leaders, focus on equipping leaders for the apostolic church, and he's also very heavily involved in global missions as well. Actually, we are all together here at School of Missions this week, and Brother Brother Shock has been here to do some teaching on leadership because he is also um, the head of Leadership Development International, or what is known as LDI. We have uh, representatives around the world uh, that uh, work with him on LDI, or Leadership Development International. So thank you so much, Brother Shock, for being with us at the missions table. Well, it's an honor to be here. <clears throat> Anytime that I am able to be at School of Missions, it's a highlight. Um, if, we, if I get that opportunity, I was talking to some earlier, and I said if I just get half of an invitation <laughs> to be at School of Missions, <laughs> I'm going to be at, at School of, of Missions. When I think about um, my connect with missions and, and really, you know, how it, how it all happened, uh, I was very, very privileged to be, to grow up in a missions-minded church in Fort Smith, Arkansas, under uh, Brother Lumpkin Sr. And then in our Christian school, uh, Reverend Bill Patrick came, and he was a man of vision, and took me on my first missions trip. It was a driving, it was a driving trip down into Mexico. We drove from uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, down below Mexico City, and stayed in rest stops and slept on the ground. And people on the other side of the rest area that we were sleeping one night, they were murdered. Thank God we were not. Um, that that trip, that missions trip, that first missions trip was was quite a missions trip. We would we would go down the road and and there would be people living under um, these sticks, this brush, and and he'd stop and he'd make us get in there and, and look at that. And I I crawled under one time and looked, and the family was having a, a dinner of rats. And so whenever I talk about my first mission strip, uh, wow, what a start. But, but Brother Patrick helped just expand uh, vision, and that was, his, that was his role. One thing led to another. Life moved on, ministry changes, and I ended up in Alexandria, Louisiana. Well, to end up there at that church, at POA, that had been led by um, uh, Bishop Mangan with such a passion for missions. Then when, when Pastor Anthony Mangan came back and just continued that and took it, took it on to even greater levels, not only did we give, we started getting involved in doing missions trips. Um, we would do Because of the Times overseas. That became an every-year event. And so as time went on, Melanie and I, we, we knew that our, our main gifting was teaching and equipping. I, was, I, I think back now and I, I laugh, but whenever I was a youth pastor 
I had I had a chart out. I was drawing. Uh, <laughs> I was giving leadership teaching to the junior hires, <laughs> and uh, and I, I look I look back on that man. I mean, I was like because I knew I right. knew it's right. like okay, these are the people. Uh, you know, time's going to pass so fast. These guys are going to be the ones. So I was telling them, you know, you're the one that, that you're going to be called by God. God's going to use you. The kingdom's big. Um, you know, God may use you to be a missionary, may use you to be a pastor. He may use you to be a, a business person. And he, you may be the one that can make millions of dollars and remember the kingdom and pour it in. And we can do, I mean, it was all of that kind of thing. And when I think back on that and I look all of those years ago and then some of those, some of those people and what they're doing today, it's, it's very exciting. About 2007, Melanie and I felt to start a 501c3, and and it's it's something how God led us to call it Kingdom Quest, because I really didn't have the vision, and we really didn't have the vision for the kingdom hmm. like we do now. Right. I look back on, I see that it was it was just a God thing. And so one thing led to another. Never thought that we would leave POA. That was, that was not in our plans at all. But then things started changing. God started dealing with us, and we realized we came to the realization one day that we thought and had thought that that would be our forever future, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't going to be. And so... You know, there were details that happened, the process that, that we went through. You know, that was, I mean, that was very tough for all of us, for, for everybody involved. That, that was just not what we saw coming. Wasn't what we saw, wasn't what they saw. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so right after, right after, like a week after that we made that known, um, Brother Howe asked me about being involved in Leadership Development International. I had I had been co-chairing the one in the Philippines that Brother David brought. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had lined it out, and so every year we had gone there. I think I had helped him co-chair that for maybe s- seven years or something like that. So that was how I got involved in LDI. But it was through that traveling, mm-hmm. uh, POA just literally poured thousands, well, thousands, nothing, millions of dollars through the years into right. missions. And part of that was us, you know, being a part, traveling all over the world, meeting missionaries. And we did not know, you know, how God was leading and what was going to happen and what God was doing, but that's what God was doing. And so now we're very much involved in you know, in in uh, missions and global missions and equipping and training, and it's just exciting. And you know, to be here with the um, Spain crew or the Spain mob yeah. or the Spain mafia. You prefer posse? Or what posse? What? I mean, for me to be on this side of the table and I'm looking at four Spaniards, I don't. You know, I don't really know what uh, where this is headed, but. That's that's how it happened. That's that's where the missions burden started, and that brings us from there to to here. Brother Shock, I just want to thank you for being with us. This is 
already very cool. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about what LDI is? Um, that's something that, you know, myself, even as a missionary, I'm not very familiar with. Um, I am very interested in training and uh, getting equipped, as I'm sure all my fellow missionaries. Um, can you explain a little bit about what that is and practically what that means? I know you've kind sure. of already alluded to it, but in a break it down for us. Absolutely. Um, Leadership Development International. Let me let me break it down like this. I think we're complicating some things, and I think we're complicating leader. We can start there. Um, leader, people, unfortunately, they immediately go thinking positional, positional, positional. It's shutting people down. Mm-hmm. Leader to leadership leading, everybody's got their own opinion. You Google it, you're going to get, you know, millions if not billions. But Leading, in my opinion, is affecting decisions and action. That's that's what it is. You're uh, we're at school emissions, and we hear the kids out, you know, out playing. Well, if we would go out there right now to where they're playing, and we would just stand there and look, we would we would start seeing leadership in action in these little guys. But you know, who are the ones affecting? thinking, thought, and and action. So then when you go to development, so if you understand leadership, then you go to development. Well, a key word about development is, is maturity. So when you're talking leadership, affecting thought and action in a mature manner, you're getting leadership development. And so then here, here we are, you know, international. Obviously, my focus on this is, is, yes, kingdom apostolic leadership. Well, why do I say it like that? The reason why I say it like that is because we, we've got to understand that the church had a birth date and will have an exit date. But Psalms 145.13 talks about the kingdom is everlasting. It, mm-hmm. it always has. Well, what is the church? Well, yes, it's the object of his affection. He, he died for it. Absolutely. It's the bride. The bride of who? The king. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I'm thinking leadership development international, I'm thinking we have to learn how to, to lead in a kingdom and in a mature way, ever maturing, um, we we can't get we can't allow ourselves to get stuck as a leader. We can't get to okay, we're appointed a missionary, okay, done. Or we've been right. we've been named an RD, okay, done. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have an election here in a, in a few months. It's no secret to anybody that you know we're gonna have a new global director. Well, whoever gets that, you know, God forbid that they would think done. Right. Because it's it's leadership development, it's maturity, it's continuing forever, as long as we're breathing, increasing in leadership to lead in the kingdom. I um I you know, I know there's a lot of good business leadership. I understand that. 
But I personally think we're taking a step down. Mm-hmm. When we look at the practices or the bus- the business things of this world, no, no, the kingdom, the king and the kingdom is above it all. The practices of those who lead with the king being the most important leader that we should be mimicking, imitating, it's all right there. So even though that sounds as simple, I'm just pretty amazed at, at the people that it's like they're, they're wasting energy. They're wasting emotion. They're wasting what just, I guess, I think trying to find an answer of how to lead in the kingdom without the king being the template, the pattern. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So that's, that's really my, my passion on it. Whenever we're, we're leading um, LDI, um, I feel like there are, there are kingdom principles and then what we like to do is we like to talk to the regional director of that region and say, okay, what are the values, the kingdom values that you're driving for that region? Mm-hmm. And, and when we're putting together a team to bring in there, then, then we're wanting to know also, all right, what are the kingdom principles that you're focused on? What is your vision? How are you moving? It's not about bringing a new idea in and turning something another direction. It's about connecting with that kingdom vision of that region. And then it's about finding, all right, who are the respected voices in the region or respected voices in North America that can really speak into that. And so we're trying to marry all of that together to where we have kingdom principles, then regional focus, and then obviously it has to come down individually and in our family. So when I, when I think LDI, I mean, I know that's a lot for you know, a simple little question on what's LDI. <laughs> well, to me, when I'm thinking Leadership Development International, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I think I appreciate uh, the statement of that when we, if we just look at leadership in business, we're taking a step down. Absolutely. And I right. think sometimes we can get so dis- – I mean, as you said, you can Google it. You can go to the, the bookstore, Amazon, and there are millions upon millions of books based on leadership based on business. And I think there is the danger if we, if we look at that business model as how to grow the church – and we can miss what God's wanting to do and, and take that step down, looking at just business for leadership. And um, uh, just to reiterate, this is the kingdom of God. It's, this is a spirit-led, uh, I, I don't want to say business, but what we are doing is to be spirit-led and spirit-led leadership. And uh, no, I appreciate your, your take on that. Can you, can you imagine, uh, Brother Herod, can you imagine if leaders, leaders, pastors, of course, you know, I could go with, all right, uh, again, I said leadership is not just positional. So right. I'm talking about, I'm talking right. about an individual, right. a single individual, a married couple, a family, a whatever. Can you imagine what, how we could move the church forward internationally 
if we literally focused on developing a kingdom mindset, right? All right, a kingdom mindset. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, you know, that's Genesis through Revelation. Got that? That's mm-hmm. that's that that's that kingdom mindset. And then if we went and focused on the gifts of the Spirit, right? And then we focused on the fruit of the Spirit, right? And we focused on the fivefold ministry, right? Now, come on. If can you imagine if right. every since this is a focused EME, right. can you imagine what could happen in the EME right. if every representative right. dove in to a kingdom mindset? Which when I'm talking about a kingdom mindset, I go king, kingdom, kingdom entry, and kingdom life. Right. That's the scope of what I talk about right. when the kingdom. But if we develop that kingdom mindset. We understood the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to do this on our own. We're never going to network good enough. We're never going to be right. connected enough, never going to be smart enough. Right. It's going to take the gifts of the Spirit. It's going to take the fruit of the Spirit and the fivefold ministry. Yeah. When I'm looking at leaders and I'm not hearing this, yes. when I'm hearing leaders talk and I'm not hearing king and I'm not hearing kingdom and I'm not hearing spirit-led yeah. and I'm not hearing God said, and I'm not, I'm like in my mind. I'm trying to keep a good face, right? Because I don't want to just tick everybody off. Right. But I'm just thinking you're lost. Yeah. No, you're, it's... you're lost. I have I have heard you talk about all this stuff, and I hadn't heard any more about the king. I haven't heard about the kingdom. I haven't heard the spirit said. I mean, we're literally seeing. You know, God gives visions to Peter. God God takes Philip. And and tr- transports him away, all of these kinds of things, and we think we're going to figure this out on well, our ability. I think sometimes we're lazy, and we would rather copy what someone else is doing, either get it out of a book or get it because my brother across town or the other missionary is doing it this way, instead of finding what the Lord wants to do in my nation, what the Lord wants to do in my situation. And even in stepping into this new role as regional director, I have I've approached it with, okay, Lord, this is too big of a job. I see the vision that you want to bring revival to this area. This is too big. I, I don't know. I can't read enough leadership books no. to know what to do. I can't. So, Lord, you're going to have to give me a step-by-step on what to do on who to have in my circle, what voices to listen to, and most of all, to listen to the voice of the Lord. And I and I would just in, encourage you other missionaries that are here as well as you step into your nations, as you step into Haiti and into and Spain. And when we first get there, we and especially you finish deputation, you, you're, you're, you're a year sometimes traveling, talking about it, talking about it, and then you get back to the field and you're trying to figure out, okay, what now? What do I do now? How do I lead? And I think the, the simple key, and just remember when you get back, just be spirit-led. Ask the Lord, what do I do today? What do I need to do today? Because there's not a manual, there's not a book that will take us to the level that God wants to take us to. His ways are beyond our ways, and what God has envisioned for Europe and for your nations it's so much bigger than than we can even imagine, and in order to achieve that, we've got it. We've got to be following His voice, and it's it's His kingdom, His kingdom. I, ju- I just want to interject, and 
uh, you know, you've been at School of Missions, and I've heard you say something akin to this, and I just want to say how refreshing it is and just share that uh, because I've never heard it. I've never heard it talked about like this, quite honestly. Um, and the way you've tied in, you know, the gifts of the Spirit like this and, and just share that, I, I, I haven't been doing that. I hadn't been doing it. And, and on the deputation trail, it's a small, I'm not even in my nation, but the Lord began to speak to me and deal with me about the services that I was preaching every day. Mm-hmm. And um, when I actually listened to that, the services started to go much, much better. And uh, I was recounting this to Brother Herod. Um, it's a little more nerve-wracking because you're not depending on yourself as much as you used to. But I will never go back because the rewards of it are so much greater than what I was ever able to conjure up on my own talent, ability, intelligence, all those things. Absolutely. So I just, the way you've expressed it here and uh, in the other sessions we were part of, I, I just, it's still kind of all sinking in, you know, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate it. Well, Brother Shock, I haven't read about any of those things in John Maxwell's books. <laughs> <laughs> Where I, 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 that's, uh, now I gotta, I gotta go back to the drawing board here. So uh, you touched on kind of some, some high level things. Uh, what was it? Kingdom, kingdom entry, kingdom. Uh, yeah, yes, king, kingdom, kingdom entry, and kingdom life. So, if you could kind of just share with us, uh, maybe kind of the deficits in those areas, and maybe go one by one, kind of how we can start shifting our mindsets from uh, maybe what we've been doing okay. to uh, to kind of getting into that that frame of mind. All right. Now, I do want to make it very clear that there is a structure side to this, absolutely. Um, I've said many times that, you know, when I talk about organization, I believe in organization. I believe in systems. As a matter of fact, I believe that we're leaving a lot on the table because because we're not organized enough in the right way. The revelation I received on this years ago um, was how organized should we be enough to move with the cloud? Right. When, when God was moving his children through the wilderness, they had to have a system because I don't find where any voice came from heaven saying moving in 10, 9, 8. It's like moving in three days. Moving, I don't know. I, I don't see... I don't, it just looks like to me they had to be ready. Right. Okay. So do we need organization? Absolutely. And I see a lot of sloppiness in the kingdom of God. So I very much, I very much believe in that. Uh, To answer your point about the king, the kingdom, kingdom entry, and kingdom life, here's where it started speaking to me. Okay, number one, the king. We have to be king connected. Uh, we have to teach people. Uh, Melanie Melanie calls it God connection, and and she's written a journal uh, that's available on our website at at kqministries.net that really really teaches well how to go about that in your daily uh, God connection. So it's 
it's that connection with the king. I often say this, no human in the king zone. No human in the king zone. I definitely believe we need to give honor where honors due. We need to respect. We need to do all that. But worship must be reserved for one, only one. And the reason why when some leaders fall morally and it messes people's lives up is because they've put that human in the king zone. And so I think we've really got to focus in on, listen, everybody, great that your grandmother could walk on water or great that whatever mighty person brought you to the Lord. Good. That's all absolutely amazing, but you better not get them in the king zone because nobody is quote unquote up there with Jesus. Nobody, period. So I think we have to focus on and believe that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life, not they. There's no they with this. There's a he. And so that's getting, getting the king elevated. Well, then when you go to kingdom, you, you, start, you start understanding that you don't get a vote. This is not democracy. This is not, you know, of course, I know you are operating in, in other countries. Uh, you know, I think one of the greatest revelations that we all need is God is not American. You know, he's not American. He's not telling the angels, okay, angels, now when we're dealing with Europe, this is the way we deal. Now when we're dealing with Africa, this is the way we... Well, now what? Now hold on, now, angels, pay attention, because now these are our North American people. These are our special people. We have to kind of wait for them to vote. We have to wait to see how, how they tell us to help them, because if we make them mad, they'll lay down and they'll shut down cities. They'll paint signs, raise a fuss. Okay, okay, no. That's all insanity. It is literally the kingdom. There are kingdom laws. There, It's the kingdom. And so we have to get democracy. We have to get our preference. It's like one, one leader, leader said, somebody asked ask me, what do you think about homosexuality? He said, doesn't matter. The the uh, constitution of the kingdom says. Right. Well, what do you think about this or that or name whatever? It, what do you think about abortion? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we think. The constitution of the kingdom says. Well, just those two pieces mm-hmm. of the king and the kingdom will change. Mm-hmm. Well, then when you move, okay, then how do we get in it? Well, we're, we're born into the kingdom. How do you enter? You're, you, you turn from your life and you start living the life of the king. Uh, you're baptized in the name of the king. You receive the king's language. It's everything that goes with salvation. And then kingdom life, a great place to start is, you know, obviously the gospels, but the Sermon on the Mount. Dissect that. And live that and see how your life changes. So there's so much, you know, the apostles' doctrine. Why is the apostles' doctrine so important? Because it was the king's doctrine. It's, it's tied back. So, so when we're talking about king, kingdom, kingdom entry, and kingdom life, those are just some of the top of my head thoughts 
about that? Uh, I want to say that I appreciate the insight um, as someone who is preparing to go to a nation that feels very overwhelming. Uh, sometimes, and I, I don't think I'm alone in this, but it's very, it's very overwhelming and I feel very underqualified. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like I have, you know, when I'm looking at businesses and you're looking at these people teaching business uh, leadership and all these things and you're, I'm thinking, I don't have those kind of qualifications to be able to move into a nation that is dealing with the things they're dealing with and even the work that we have. We have over 500 churches in Haiti. We have pastors. We have 500 national pastors plus. I think the number even reached over 600 at one point. Um, it feels very overwhelming, and I'm looking at this going, oh, God, how do I prepare for this? How do I get smart enough to deal with these things? How do I have the right kind of, uh, what books do I need to read to make sure I'm ready to step into something like this? So I appreciate the insight of it, uh, it takes a little bit of the pressure, not that we can take pressure off ourselves to do our best and be excellent, obviously, but when you feel underqualified, I mean, the qualifications don't come from us if we're following his plan. He's got a plan. God's got a right. plan. Um, so I appreciate that. I know I've heard <laughs> it's helped me some. Uh, I've heard Brother Herod even say, none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I, I appreciate that. But Haiti felt, I mean, it does. It feels like too big for me. And I'm sure it is. Oh, it is. It's 100% too big for me. And I, oh, it is. Um, not even just in the sense that, oh, well, I need a team. There is nothing that I could do to fix Haiti. I, I, I have nothing. Like we've sent billions of dollars to Haiti, and it hasn't fixed Haiti. Uh, there's nothing I can do. So n- knowing that I'm like feeling this pressure of you got to be smart enough, you got to have the, the principles that everybody else has, you've got to learn all of these things, you got to stepping back from that and getting your perspective of listen, God has a plan. Let's be spirit led, and He will give you that plan. And if you follow that plan, then that's where true success comes from, obviously. You know, when I'm, when I'm hearing you talk and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about you and you just had your third child. Yeah. And I think your oldest one is seven. Is seven. Yeah. Okay. Seven, five, and three months or yes, four sir. months or something. Okay. Yes, sir. And you're going to Haiti. Yes, sir. You're called to Haiti. You don't, you don't have a shot on your own. <laughs> I feel that every day. You, you, you don't have, and and the and the and the serious thing is, is really none of us do. Yeah. But it's just so clear when obvious. somebody's heading to Haiti. Yeah. Okay. So you're you didn't just make this decision on your own. God called you. Yes, sir. And so when we look at at the way God called people and the way He led people. That's that's where the 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 power is going to come from. I think Jesus Christ is the greatest example in the Bible. Personally, I think Moses is second. His what he was up against, leading all those people under the conditions that that he led them. But look look at what God did all the way down to sending his father in law to say, "Okay, now the way you're operating right now." Is is not good. You got to make some changes, and the and the and the only way that you're going to endure and the people are going to be at peace is if you make these changes. And then he just broke it down. 
here's the kind of people you choose, and here's what you do. Captains over tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands. Uh, you look at Exodus 18, where that happened, then you jump over in the New Testament where it happened at Acts 6. It's like, choose these kinds of people. Yeah. All right, it was literally God saying, you're listening to me, I'm telling you, you do it this way. Yeah. And that's exactly how you're, you're going, you've got to operate in Haiti. But just, just like how God spoke to Moses or sent somebody, spoke to somebody to speak, you stay, you position yourself for that, and that's what's going to happen. And I would, I would just say, just keep a journal. Yeah. Because it's absolutely going to be amazing what God will do if you do that. If you don't, it's not going to end. It's not going to end well, right? Because you're you're over your head, but you're not over God's head. Yeah. Well, I I know that every field is different, mm-hmm. and every field has different challenges. So That's obviously, right. you can't take the same principles or not principles, but the same ideas, I should say, or methods to every field and be successful and God has different plans for different fields and deals with it in different ways. What would you say are some core principles that are kind of somewhat universal that you say, okay, obviously we want to be kingdom minded. What are some core principles that we have to have if we're going to be successful at being kingdom minded? Uh, What are some like baseline, like these are uh, in leadership uh, of any kind? I think we have two basic filters that we have to start with. I think the first filter is, um, uh, does it does it please the king? Just, you know, teach your people that. Does, that. does this please the king? And number two, does it expand the kingdom? To, to, literally, to literally help people start thinking down, down that road. I think structurally... Um, I think being very intentional about what what we're trying to create, what we're trying to put in people. Again, I think, speaking to all of us, I think if we took the principles of Exodus 18, where he said, choose this kind of people, and then in Acts 8, choose this kind, if we could take those qualities and start age-appropriately training them into our children all the way up, then we're, we're literally creating a leadership farm club in our churches or in our families or, or whatever. I think it's very important. I think the, the captains over tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands is, is very, um, is, is right. I mean, I was teaching this somewhere, and I said, now look, once your church goes over three million. I don't have any advice for you, but up to three million wasn't that about how many he was leading? I could be off there. Up to three million, this structure will work. And so I think getting very intentional about thinking again, leadership is what influencing thought and action. I think it's I think it's important for us to remember um, in this kingdom mentality and. And some and, and really I think as a North American sometimes we we fight or, or we we struggle with the concept because we have we have been raised in an environment where everyone has an opinion, right? And everyone gets a vote, and if we don't like 
the way you want to do it, we'll vote you out. And that's how we run our democracy. That's how we run, unfortunately, even some churches. Right. And But when it comes to the kingdom of God, as Brother Shock has pointed out, this is a kingdom. This is, we don't get a vote here. It's what he wants to do. And then we take that on down. We are to preach the kingdom. We're to demonstrate the kingdom. Right. And then we see that the Lord, he, he called apostles. And he calls apostles, and, and the word apostle that he used was not a foreign term to them. They were, a, they were familiar with that. It wasn't a, a term that Jesus made up. It was a term that the Greeks used, that the Romans used, when they sent someone from their kingdom that went as an envoy, as an ambassador into a foreign land, and they were to go and to teach them the, the new kingdom's principles. And so they'd go into that land, and they say, okay, we come from the land of Greece. Now we're going to speak Greek. This is the way you speak. This is the way we do things. They taught them the cultures. They taught them the customs. They taught them what to, to, to speak. And, and those apostles that were sent, that word apostle, those envoys that were sent, they understood what their responsibility was. They were representing the king. They were representing that, that kingdom that they came from. And so we must understand who we are when we go into these nations, when we go into Haiti, that, you know what, it's a good thing. I, it's, it's, I just happen to be representing the kingdom. That's right. And so um, now I know it's a mess down here. I know that the culturally it's different here, but I'm here to teach you about the culture of the kingdom that I've just come from. That's right. Um, I, and That's I, here's the language of the king. Here's, here's what the king says about this. And, and that's where, you know, the, the miraculous begins. You know, what, what does the king say about sickness and disease? What does the king say about sin? What does the king say? And it's, 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 thankfully, it's not on us. We just have been sent from the king to spread the kingdom. And, and, we are, and we must remember that we are operating under the authority of the king. Right. And those, those envoys that were sent, and so Jesus calls these, he, said, he's, he calls apostles, they knew immediately that word. They knew it. They had seen people come from Rome, teaching the customs, changing the culture. They were fighting against the culture of the Roman culture. They, 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 they had experience. So they understood that language when Jesus says, all right, whether it's a new culture, it's not the Jewish culture, it's not the Roman culture, it's not the Greek culture, but I'm sending you to teach a kingdom culture. And that's when they, they, they went out, and they went out in the power and the authority of God. And so thankfully when we step into our nations, we have the backing of the king. And so that's where so those, those envoys that were sent in the natural, they, they, what they said went because it wasn't their word. It was what the king had said they had to say. And so when you go into your nations, it, it, the Lord will fill your mouth. And that's where it goes back to being spirit-led. The Lord will tell you what to say. Jesus said it. He said, don't worry what you're going to say. Right. He says, when you go, I'm going to fill your mouth. And that's, that is a, a, a lesson I, I wish I would have learned earlier in ministry and sometimes we, we stress about, well, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And, and learning to rely on the, 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 the prompting of the Holy Ghost and realize, all right, I don't have anything to say, but I trust that he's going to fill my mouth. And when you step into your nation, the Lord will give you the words to say. It won't be your words. If it's your words, they fall flat. But if it's his words, there will be demonstration afterwards. 
and um, we the, the it comes down to kingdom. We're part of His kingdom. We are sent from His kingdom. We're here to to demonstrate His kingdom. We're representatives of His kingdom, and um, it really it takes pressure off too. And that's where even you can imagine the envoys envoys in in those times they were representing the Roman government. They weren't even worried about being insulted because it wasn't about them. It was about the kingdom. Oh, we don't like you. I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm, it's not about me. It's not. I'm just here. Right. I've been given orders, and this is what the king says we have to do. This is this is the law. So when you step into your nations, and for the missionaries that would be listening to this podcast as well, don't feel intimidated. When you step into your nations, the Lord will fill your mouth. The Lord has a plan for your nation. The Lord has a plan for your city. And you will step in in authority, and you will speak what the king tells you to speak. And when you speak what he tells you to speak, the demons have to run. The, the culture begins to change. Everything begins to change. It's a kingdom culture. Amen. That's my preach. That's, that's my, my five minutes of preaching for the, for the podcast. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. Um, I wanted to just ask that uh, we've talked a lot about the things that we have to do. What, what would you say to someone who says, okay, I want to grow in this area? What, what's the individual responsibility? Uh, I don't know if that, if, if that question makes sense, but okay, we've heard about these things. How do I start this? How well, do I do this? I would say my opinion would be um, get refreshed real good with the uh, with the red letters in in the gospels. Really, really zero in on what he said, what he did. He came preaching repentance and the kingdom. Right. That's what he came doing, and it was it was salvation. Deliverance, healing, and liter- literally as simple as this is going to sound. Start studying what he did and do it. Say it. Repeat what, what he did. Just get, get, get a, as simple as it sounds. It's like focus on what Jesus did. How did he operate? How did he treat people? What did he say to people? How did he cast demons out? How did he, what did he say to people for them to be healed? What, what did he do? How, if we want to jump over now on the leadership, how did he lead? Well, he had three and he had nine. Put them together, he had 12. He, he did, he did not make, and he, I was just studying this the other day, so I'm, I'm not as sharp on this yet. I'm still trying to get it. But when you look at what he did with Peter, James, and John, he brought Peter, James, and John, and they went in and put everybody else out, and, and the dead was raised. Peter, James, and John went to Mount Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. P- Peter, James, and John went further with him in the garden in Gethsemane. There's, and I don't see where he apologized. Where, okay, look, I'm taking Peter, James, and John. Now, please don't anybody, you, you, the rest of you nine, don't get upset. Don't, no. No, the principles of how he pulled some in 
in close and you know he he connected with with all of them a lot i've often said you know people that have a problem with meetings jesus seemed to have lived in one <laughs> you, you, you know it was meeting around the campfire meeting walking down the road meeting intentionally imparting and then saying okay you go come back go try this now come back let's talk about it uh you know, we all hate dumb meetings, of course. They're just a waste of time. But when we can get together and actually move something. Right. Right. But, man, just let's, let's put him at the top. Yes. So good, Brother Shock. Thank you so much for taking time with us here at the missions table today. And before we, we end, I would ask that you would take a time and pray with us, pray for us, for us four, and then the ones who would be listening as well. Um, and just whatever the Lord would have you pray for us. Okay. Like we, we, I, I know the, these three that are with me, they're all passionate about following the Lord in his, in, in following his kingdom, wanting to follow kingdom principles, kingdom values. And, um, so if you would, in closing, if you could just pray for, pray for us right now. Father, we come to you thanking you for your many blessings on our life. I thank you for the privilege to sit in this room, be a part of, of all of these missionaries, and especially these, these four men that, um, that we're with right now. We pray specifically for Brother Herod, who you have chosen uh, among the brethren in the EME to lead this region now. We, we pray you will give him supernatural power, you'll give him insight, that you'll speak to him and lead uh, he and his family to where they know, you know, how they need to be traveling, how much they need to be traveling, what decisions they need to make. These men, I pray that you will be with them and that you will lead them and guide them and all of the, the representatives that would be listening to this. Father, we need revelation of the kingdom. We need revelation of the kingdom. I pray that you will help us focus on it. I pray that we will be drawn, number one, to you. And I pray we will be drawn to kingdom concepts and we'll have a boldness, God, to speak it. And we'll have a boldness to reject other thinking and other principles that are trying to come in that are not of your kingdom. Help us, God. Give us revelation. Revelation and boldness. And we believe it and we speak it by faith and we know that it is being done. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the shock, and thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode of The Missions Table. Thank you so much for connecting with us. I want to ask that you would subscribe, and if you would leave a comment, give us five stars, and uh, subscribe to this podcast. Until next time on The Missions Table. <laughs>